You are listening to the Bondzilla Podcast. The Bondzilla Podcast is a bi-monthly analysis of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. This week, the Bondzilla Podcast returns to introduce to you one of Godzilla's most famous allies and foes. It's 1964's Mothra vs. Godzilla. Hello, everyone. Hey, it's been a while. How are you doing? <laughs> Welcome to episode eight of the Bonzilla Podcast. It I'm is. Nick. And I am Will. And we are back after a long, uh, not brief, uh, unplanned hiatus. Yes. A lot of those things are true. Yeah. Yeah. So we are back to finally continue. This is still a show that happens, and we yes, will continue. Yes. Uh, if you've doing forgotten, it. this is a show where we're going to be looking back at the film's. Of two of cinema's longest-running franchises, James Bond and Godzilla. You probably heard the intro. You're probably already reminded. But sometimes, you know, people skip the intros, which is, you know, you like on Netflix, people will just skip the intros mm-hmm. even when they're really cool. So um, we just had a good reminder of what we do here on the Bondzilla yeah. podcast. It's, I, been, it's, it's been so long. It's been so long. Oh, man. Yeah. My, my apologies because I, I, uh, I, I was away in life sometimes as life finds a way sometimes sometimes life just gets in the way uh I, jeff goldblum should be in a godzilla movie he'd be he'd be good i yeah. think he'd be a good cue now that i think about yeah, it he'd be, yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh Not anyway really. but we we are we are definitely back uh and this episode will be uh airing uh when it airs uh on this day of airing mm-hmm. and then we will be back on our normal schedule uh starting the first week of the following of next month which would be july, july. yeah so uh yeah so we, we're, we're definitely back on schedule uh, you know just impromptu sudden things come up but uh we are back and uh it, this is this is an exciting this is an exciting one we are um in the fourth movie in the showa series of godzilla this is the fourth godzilla movie uh we last time you left us we in the godzilla verse the zilla verse the kaiju verse uh in the canon of godzilla we were talking about king kong versus godzilla which came out in uh 1962 and now we are talking about 1964's mothra versus godzilla altered alternate ah, alternatively known is that is that is that how you say it alternatively? alternatively alternatively i've been going through this thing where i say genuinely and generally but i keep mixing up the words so maybe uh, you can help me with that yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, genuinely means no. I know. I know the meaning. It's. It, I just oh, mean, okay. get get out of here. Uh, but uh, yeah, nineteen sixty four is Mothra versus Godzilla. Uh, with returning director uh, Ashira Honda, which you may recognize as the director of the original uh, Godzilla film. You never told us what the alternative title was. Uh, well, then you, you will never know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that, that is the alternative title, Ashira Honda. Ashira <laughs> Honda. Okay. Uh, no, and the alternative title is Godzilla versus the Thing. <laughs> Um, not the John. Mu-ha-ha-ha is not yeah. part of the title. Assuming it's not John Carpenter's a thing. No, though that would be an awesome it, it, little battle. Yeah, no, it's the it's the re, it's the prequel remake. The thing, it's that thing. It's that thing. Yeah, which is the same thing, but yeah, it's just different. It's yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> so as we always do, we start off with the development of the movies, being the uh, uh, the arbiter of the uh, Godzilla portion of this podcast i think is that arbiter yeah we're gonna use arbiter uh the development of the sh- of the of this movie 
Mothra versus Godzilla. So if you remember from Nick, yeah. let's travel back a little bit. Travel back in time. Let's travel back to 1962. Get in our, our DeLorean once yeah. again. <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla in 1962 was very successful. It was. Uh, partially due to the uh, popularity of King Kong, but the returning popularity of Godzilla. Uh, and with the success of that movie, Godzilla was seen as a viable franchise once again in production uh, began on uh, on another film. Uh, the film was given twice the uh, original Gojira's budget, and the idea to cross it over with Mothra was uh, something that was realized fairly early on, especially with the um, addition of bringing back Ishiro Honda as the director once again, right. uh, which uh, is important, uh, as we'll get into in in a minute. Um the original treatment of, as with all these projects that we've um, gone through thus far, the original treatment always has a little bit of a differences from what we've seen in the final product. Uh, like, what would you give, like, the quick, just kind of, like, log line of, like, the story? Well, that's uh, that's a totally different. <laughs> I think I can do it. Okay, yeah, so because so, so, it's like so, um, a moth, Mothra's egg appears. A giant egg, egg, egg washes appear, up ashore. Washes up ashore. Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla's there. There. <laughs> there. And so basically. Uh, these humans reporters are trying to kind of get the egg back to its proper owners mm-hmm. uh, while Godzilla reawakens and a uh, to protect it's it's a complicated <laughs> story I think we'll talk a little bit more very about that. dense a lot of lot of a lot ins, of ins a lot, lot of, of outs, outs a lot of what have you uh, but the original treatment of the movie actually is focused around a story in which Godzilla's body washed up ashore and assuming the monster was dead the body was to be used as a local attraction um, you know to bring you know to bring forth uh, like it's it, a big tourist attraction yeah uh, that idea was ultimately scrapped because it was considered too much of a stretch. And that uh, people did, and that the uh, filmmakers didn't uh, buy that people would risk seeing a radioactive monster. Okay, that makes more sense than yeah. what I was kind of initially thinking. Right? Why does it, it though? Does it though? Like, I feel like if you watch that movie, none of us would be thinking like that monster's radioactive. That's dangerous. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we kind of remember we we take for granted like what Godzilla actually is, like as a metaphor for nuclear weaponry. Right. You know, he is some radioactivity to him. I think we, <laughs> we, we take for granted the fact that he is just kind of a, a radioactive beast, mm-hmm. right? His fire breath isn't fire. It's radioactiveness. Yeah. Radioactive. Radioactive. <laughs> That's what the song was about, if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, uh, the original uh, it didn't include as many villains as we see in the final product, but it did include more primary characters that were uh, supposed to be more scientists that were ultimately uh, trying to like figure out everything that was mm-hmm. going to go on and obviously probably going to be more exposition machines. Um, the producers did like the idea of using Mothra as a antagonist or as an opposing force to Godzilla because they liked the idea. They liked Mothra's fighting style and they liked the idea that uh, Godzilla can be can be dispatched non-lethally as we get into what happens in the actual movie. Interesting about it, too, is um, just from a thematic standpoint, Godzilla is kind of has been established as kind of creature that is kind of awakened by man, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a a man-made thing to to an extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas Mothra, we'll talk about a little more, has more of a spiritual element to it. Well, we can get into that. Not later, but right now, Ooh. as we talk about Mothra. Yes. Now, Nick, did you know that before this, uh, Mothra Mothra is not just some movie where it's like, all right, well, we're gonna make another Godzilla movie, right? Right. And and what what's like a giant lizard's like? What's what's its worst enemy? Like a giant moth, right? That is. Yeah. 
what they probably wrote down. And yeah. it, a giant lizard's worst enemy. That That is just the script. They, they don't were, even have a script. They don't even need a script. All they need is that, and they, they know the movie. They were just like spiders and goblins, bats and clowns, giant lizards and giant moths. That's, what it, that, that's how they did it, right? Well, you're wrong, Nick. No, I'm because wrong. Because Mothra actually had her own film in 1961 in the film titled... Mothra. Whoa. <laughs> Mothra was, is its own monster movie directed by Honda, and this is actually a good time to know, because remember, after the second Godzilla movie, Godzilla Raids Again, um, which was not received well. And did not um, do well, as we and did not and, and did not do well, uh, Godzilla went on a long hiatus, like right out of the gate. And between that time period, uh, a lot of monster movies and kaiju movies were made in the meantime, many of which were done by Honda himself, um, including movies such as Mothra, uh, Rodan, uh, Varen, I believe, was another one. Baragon was another one. Um, but Mothra uh, was one of the I know at least one of those ones. other monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just to give a brief uh, synopsis of what that movie was, that movie uh, involved characters discovering a mysterious island called Infant Island, which was a lost paradise where atomic tests were done. Uh, the rest of the film revolves around uh, these uh, little tiny twin fairies, I guess I would call them. They were called the show. Let me see if I can say this right. Yeah, I'll, I'll save my thoughts on the twin fairies. The Shobajin. The, the Shobajin. Which, we'll, we'll, I'll save my thoughts on them for yeah. a little bit later. <laughs> which uh, they translate to small beauties. Uh, they were captured by the film's villains in which they call upon Mothra to save them. Uh, cue Mothra chasing down uh, the fairies and causing mayhem and destruction, therefore being a mo- proper monster. <laughs> I, I, I know you meant like cue as in like, oh, come in. But yeah. I was imagining Q Mothra, as in like <laughs> Mothra as the Q to Godzilla's yeah. bond. Like, <laughs> please bring it back in one piece. <laughs> um, and uh, if, you, if anybody out there does fan art and wants to draw Q Mothra, please do so. Uh, but um, let's see. Yeah. So, and then in that movie, we see everything that we know about Mothra. That Mothra starts out as a larval, kind of like giant caterpillar, and eventually turns. In that movie, we don't see it in this one, but turns into a giant cocoon, and then becomes the giant moth that we we know about. Um, and actually, that original Mothra film is actually is considered to be j- uh, the Japanese version of King Kong. Um, and Honda had told, said that it's almost like the Japanese version of King Kong, except with a happier ending. Because the way Mothra ends is instead of killing the beast, because there was a clear villain in that movie, um, it was a, a very much more like, oh, we can get along with nature and everything. Oh, yes. um, it's also good to know that Mothra is, uh, has uh, Mothra is second only to Godzilla in the amount of film appearances uh, going forward. Um, the adult Mothra, the effect of Mothra, yeah. was, and I think you would like this, is achieved via a wired-operated mechanical puppet uh, because Mothra is genuinely, ge- see, there I did it again, is generally um, shown as constantly flying. Yeah, she's always, she's always in the air. Right. Um, and the larva version of Mothra was originally achieved by six stuntmen crawling in single file within the suit of the larva. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just a human centipede yeah, type yeah. of deal? <laughs> Yes, excellent. I, I should. I guess we should mention that uh, when we were preparing for this podcast, Will was playing uh, the Godzilla video game that came out yes. a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, explain this story. And yeah. um, I guess he was fighting the larva version of Mothra, and I got very confused, and I just didn't realize that mothra was anything else other than well because uh, to describe what mothra looks like so the adult yeah. mothra 
looks like just like a giant like colorful a moth. Giant moth. Yeah. It looks great by the way. It looks yeah. looks like has a really cool design. And whereas the larva as you described it within the video game looks kind of like this giant rolling hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it really is kind of yeah. like this weird kind of like gross like look it looks like poop almost like yeah. it, it just uh, yeah there are two of them in this movie yeah so, um, so what did you think of mothra overall just, uh, mothra overall I, I have a very high opinion of her actually on my scale uh, i have my roar scale my overall scale i i give the roar uh the high-pitched roar yeah actually, uh, i actually have it right here uh yeah so, so go ahead and play it i'll talk about it a little bit So that's a that's see it's a, it's, a, it's what I like about it. It's an eight. It's a solid eight for me. It's mm-hmm. it's the best roar other than Godzilla's we've heard so far, uh, just because it's short and simple, but it's very distinct and it blends well together with with the other roars. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't overpower Godzilla's roar. It, it it really plays in harmony with with the rest of the film. And I give I give overall I, Mothra is probably the 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 best of the other monsters we've seen. Um, even even King Kong, even though I would also give King Kong kind of higher ranks mm-hmm. because of his legacy. But I thought that I I knew of the design, but really seeing it in motion and seeing it uh, kind of play out, uh, it was very interesting and, and very beautiful, very cool design. I think, and it, it, it it's really like something different. Mm-hmm. It isn't like what what kind of makes it cool is it isn't just another man in a suit. Is is cool and as well done as that is in a lot of these movies. It is like a very different effect, and it really kind of. Um, there's a lot where you really buy into Mothra being there. Mm-hmm. Like, like especially there's one there's one shot in the movie just like you see Mothra flying in from the distance and it really does kind of sell Mothra as her own kind of thing and her own kind of monster. And I think that really um, makes her an impressive addition. And I actually am looking forward to the fact that we'll be seeing more of her as we, as we go forward in the franchise. Yeah, I mean, it's I think uh, for and to... You know, for those of you who don't know, like Mothra is considered almost like Godzilla canon kaiju royalty. Um, yeah. And then, you know, her future after this movie, I'll get into and in more of like the the post release. But um, as, as for my money, it is one of the best kaiju mon- monsters. Mm-hmm. I think, especially like the adult Mothra looks great. Yeah. Um, it's be a, clear. I'm talking about the adult Mothra. Yeah, the, uh, the larva Mothra. Uh, you know, I can give or take, really. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but, you know, there is, uh, but like you said, I mean, even thematic, conceptually, it's interesting being kind of like a, uh, a like an, a beast of nature and a defender of nature. Right. And, and kind of, kind of yeah. a, a really, it's really a god creature, kind yeah. of, in a sense, especially with the way that she's treated uh, in the film with those, uh, those fairies. <laughs> Again, I'll talk um, about when we get to the movie. Uh, another note about Mothra in, 19, in the 1990s, a poll was taken that showed Mothra was especially popular among women who made up a majority of Japanese audiences at the time, thus officially making Mothra a box office draw. Ooh. Um, so getting back into a little bit more information about the movie, uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, as we talk about the Godzilla versus uh, canon, um, and the Showa series is... Uh, gen- generally considered to be one kind of like timeline, right? Like as one, one continuity. Yeah, one continuity. Um, so the this Mothra versus Godzilla film is somewhat considered to be a sequel to the original Mothra film, uh, as well. Um, this is hinted by because uh, Mothra is said 
um, in this movie to be at the end of her lifespan, thus maybe hinting that it's the same Mothra that was born three years prior uh, within the original Mothra film. Um, and uh, there is a moment in the movie that also hints it towards the original Mothra film in which in this film, uh, the natives of Infant Island give our characters a mysterious drink that they have to drink and it's never fully explained. In the original Mothra film, because the island was explained to have been the subject of atomic testing, that they natives gave the main characters in that movie a, a drink to um, uh, to uh, prevent any uh, effects of the native radiation on the island. So I thought that was kind of cool because yeah. it's like because it happens in this movie, but it's not really explained. Not really. Explained, but then when yeah. you see like Mothra, it's like oh okay, it's like the same. It's like yes. almost like the inner. It's it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe before it happened. Well, not really. Yes. It's more the DC Cinematic Universe in oh, the because- sense of like it doesn't really explain things <laughs> that happens between movies. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and uh, as I said before, it's considered to be also a sequel to King Kong versus Godzilla with really the only notable um, connection being Godzilla's susceptibility to electricity, which was seen in that movie. Um, the film has a thematic it has thematic and plot similarities to King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, the major difference is that Mothra versus Godzilla is considerably more earnest in contrast to King Kong versus Godzilla's uh, intentionally uh, comedic sensibilities. Uh, which makes sense because if you remember during the production of King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, the people working on the film weren't in, like uh, most of the production wasn't happy with the more comedic take on the uh, on the King of Monsters. Um, so it's kind of like oh, this is almost kind of like a, a redo, as it were. Okay. Yeah, because Zubaraya in the last one was kind of in charge of that more comedic element. Exactly. And it seems like he hasn't been mentioned at all. So I assume that he's kind of. Kind of in the background a little bit more, if, if, if they're at all. Um, speaking of uh, some of your, you, 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 since you really want to talk about them so much, is like the 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 fairies, the sh- the Shobajin. Um, the Shobajin were uh, actually played by twin pop stars called the Peanuts, who uh, reprised their role from the Mothra film and would continue their role into another into one other film. And uh, Honda praised the Peanuts for being extremely professional and uh, relative, uh, relatively talented despite being novices uh, act, act, um, within acting because they were able to learn their lines fairly well. And uh, fun fact about them, they would often speak in unison in person as they do so in the movie. Yeah, so uh, I guess this is going a little bit into kind of the movie discussion, um, but... On one hand, yes, it was very impressive how easily they were able to just kind of speak at the same time. And and the performance mostly was very actually impressive. On the other hand, this was pretty much the last thing I expected (laughs) to see in this movie. Uh, Did you see the look on my face when they first appeared? Yeah, because this is one of those things where, because again, like as as you were introducing a lot of the Bond stuff to me, I'm introducing a lot of the Godzilla stuff to you. And it it actually, uh, I forgot that oh nick may not know about this like to me i'm so familiar with the lore of godzilla and mothra that i forgot like oh maybe and and to explain when i say like fairies they're just kind of like little people like little like these little asian like like women yeah like kind of like a couple inch a couple inches high yeah they're just like like they're about as tall as like a like a cup like a wine glass right like Like, they they, if you like had them on your desk they would just be kind of be able to fit and stand there on your desk right exactly so i remember like i'm so used to that and then when they came up i'm like oh wait maybe nick doesn't know this part about the lore it's really ridiculous because what's funny about it is that so it's just in the movie to get like they're 
you just hear like these people say, "Oh, give us back Mothra's egg," and you're like, "Oh, like there's a female. Is that the female character that's been introduced already?" Oh, yeah. I don't know. Then just <laughs> these these two little women, like these two like one inch tall women, or you know more than that, <laughs> but a couple inches tall women, just come out from behind like a clock or something like that, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I'm immediately like, "This is really strange. <laughs> this is this like does this really fit in the in, like this is just I don't know what's going on." Uh huh. And what's funny about it is just like it seemed like so ridiculous to me, and yet I can take out the face value that these two giant monsters are going to have a battle, mm-hmm. and then and then it kind of as the movie went on, it kind of thought about well, I do know there are like psychic elements that appear and like you've shown me biolanti and mm-hmm. i know like kind of the more magical and kind of weirder elements that appear in the later guys i don't films. know if there's any uh sci- like fan- sci-fi or fantasy concept not used in a godzilla movie right but it was just it was just like the fact that like because because to an extent like the, the the previous three films were all like had all these giant monsters fighting but pretty much like that was kind of the only really like, like fantastical, fantastical thing, thing. Yeah. and then just these two like fairy women just appear speaking in unison mm-hmm. and like disappearing and reappearing and and having well, it's this a kind good of point because this is the first godzilla movie that's taking its steps into mysticism the mysticism part right. of it so i definitely got used to it but there definitely was like i was just so confused <laughs> and like wondering like what was what was this um so a couple, couple other notes before we get into the actual movie of it. Uh, the costume used uh, for Godzilla in this movie was a nude Godzilla. Was it not a nude one. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla is pantless in this movie, ladies and gentlemen. He is not Birthday wearing... Birthday suit Godzilla coming Where down. are his pants? <laughs> um, but uh, the costume was lighter and capable of more movement. Um, and the costume was... Uh, uh, the. Uh, production liked the costume so much that they wanted to continue to use it in other movies uh, and were therefore forced to use the King Kong versus Godzilla costume for uh, some smaller scenes that could possibly damage the suit because yeah. they didn't want to damage the suit. I was, uh, and to comment on that too, that this, the movement of the Godzilla suit in this movie was very fluid. Mm-hmm. Very, very fluid. I was very, very much impressed. Especially... As much as like I thought that the look of the King Kong, or sorry, of Godzilla in King Kong versus Godzilla was great, he did have that thing where he just kind of kept clapping his arms, and it did feel like he didn't have that range of motion. Mm-hmm. This one, it really, again, it really kind of one of the strengths of the movie, which we'll talk about, is I think like it, the, it combined with the Mothra effect, the Godzilla costume really helps you buy in and kind of lose yourself in the kind of monsterness and the monster battles of this movie, and kind of really buy it as something that is feels like real. Uh, more so than in King Kong versus Godzilla, and especially uh, in uh, Godzilla Raids Again, uh, you kind of had that kind of limitations of the suits that sometimes kind of you notice. Whereas mm-hmm. this one, you really did feel like the the movement of the suit was a lot because it was a lot more fluid and a lot more mobile. It just kind of made Godzilla feel more real. Yeah, and um, the last note I would say is that. Uh so, as always, we watch the Japanese version of this movie. So, there's a few notes regarding the American version of this movie, mm-hmm. um, in which the American version of this movie is often regarded as one of the better Americanized versions of a Godzilla movie, uh, mostly because the, uh, well, primarily one of the praises that a lot of people have with it is that the dubbing is very well done on it, which is always good because, you know, bad dubbing can kind of. You know, uh, taint a little bit of your experience watching some of these movies. Um, but uh, as terms of any differences, there weren't many, and many of the differences were like slight edits that maybe like kind of like fix some like perceived pacing uh, issues. And 
the only major addition was a scene in which the American military uh, attack and subdue Godzilla very briefly. Uh, but the major difference with that was is that Toho actually filmed those scenes uh, and just didn't include them in their cut. And so when it came over to America, they actually provided those scenes to um, uh, for them for an American edit. How nice of them, knowing that the the Americans really love to 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 pr- to put themselves into these uh, experiences. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the last thing we talked about was the alternative title, which I said I would get to. Yeah. God, why was it called Godzilla versus the Thing? Well, there isn't a one hundred percent definitive answer to that, but it is no it. One possibility was because uh, Mothra, even though it was released in um, America, that maybe the American release wanted to focus a little bit more on Godzilla since that, that's what people were would most likely be coming to the theater for. So they wanted to focus primarily on that. And actually, Mothra was not included in any of the marketing uh, material up until the, the movie came out. Um, but the other... They, but, learned, they learned from their gigantic... Oh, uh, Gigantus the Fire Monster. They learned from their Gigantus mistake from before. (laughs) uh, You know, maybe people want to go see this. Because, like, technically they could always be like, well, Mothra is a thing. It's a giant thing. It's a giant thing. There is no other thing like this thing right here. (laughs) And uh, But the other um, more plausible explanation to it was that they wanted to avoid legal action with Columbia Pictures, who were the American company that distributed Mothra. Um, Ooh, interesting. And, yeah, so very that, interesting. That, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, so that's a that's a lot of. I mean, you know, kind of looking up. This movie was interesting because it didn't really have that elaborate of a production. It was right. just kind of like, all right, now Godzilla is a viable franchise. Uh, they seem to be very willing to you know cross over monsters because remember at this time because of Godzilla, monsters and kaiju's were were like. Uh, in itself a viable subgenre. Right. It was, it, it was it was it was kind of building up together mm-hmm. um you know naturally. So, yeah. So any questions regarding uh Mothra versus Godzilla? Um Are you ready to, to talk about another movie? Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. Mothra Mothra Dongankasakuya Indomu all right, and we're back to talk about Mothra versus yeah. Godzilla, not Godzilla versus Mothra. Yeah, Mothra. Mothra comes first. Yeah, Godzilla so, comes second. Ooh, yeah. Versus yeah. comes one point five. <laughs> so let's so let so let's start off from the top. Mothra versus Godzilla. We kind of gave what the general premise of, of the movie was: a giant egg washes up on shore. And people are like, that's a giant egg that just washed up on shore. What are we going to do? So, uh, let's... What what are your general thoughts on this? We're four Godzilla movies in. Okay, we just got off of one that we thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, We are uh, entering deeper and deeper into the Showa series. Yes. So, uh, uh, going into it, do you have any thoughts about going into it and what you thought about... Well, I mean, I'm uh, very excited your- just because, well, on one hand, because we were taking such a long break that I was, I'd been very eager to get back into this because this is, this is a lot of fun and <laughs> I really do I love discussing both franchises. I was definitely very curious as to kind of the, the continued progression of the Godzilla franchise. Uh, just in the sense of now... Um, there's a lot of uh, 
stuff that's that's going to be happening with with these. Now we're getting into these other famous monsters, mm-hmm. introducing a lot of new kaiju. Uh, you know, we're we're slowly kind of building towards Godzilla being kind of the the really front figure. Because that's the thing about Godzilla is that we've kind of talked about before is that he he has continued to be a villain, but we know at some point he does become kind of a hero figure of mm-hmm. this franchise. So kind of seeing what that transition transition is and and it really is like i'm not familiar uh, enough with what kind of this era of of godzilla at all i mean like most of most of what you've shown me before has kind of like the later stuff like this even in the 70s or the more right, recent right. stuff so it's just kind of being which is general general ah, see genuinely generally fuck i can't do it uh generally that's considered to be my favorite godzilla is later when right. you get into like the 70s and like the the 80s yeah so it's just, it's very interesting because I, I i kind of as as seen with with these uh with the fairies i really don't know what to expect with these <laughs> films and, and it, it really does feel like every there is film. one production note that i would say that i uh, that i uh neglected to mention that i think is interesting when we compare bond and godzilla is like it's interesting because with the stories about uh bond it's like so uh, entrenched in like rights and like what like the um, estate wants to do with it and like you know or like what the actual like people where where the producers and the broccolis where they want to take the franchise and things yeah. like that. Whereas Godzilla is basically kind of like their uh, their IP like Toho's IP for kaiju movies. Yeah. So it's like more. Uh, I mean. You know, I don't mean this disparagingly, but it's like, you know, our superhero movies right now. Yeah. Where it's like, well, we're going to put out another one. What do we do with it? Right. And and, and just kind of the expansion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I am very, I've, I have been very curious to see kind of where it goes, especially since we are kind of in, you know, a couple, a run of films of the Versus series, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, this movie, uh, was, <laughs> I heard, it was, I, I could sense the butt coming. <laughs> uh, this movie was a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Uh, we'll definitely talk more into it, but there were things I definitely liked and things I was uh, a little less enthused by Right for yeah. this one. Yeah. I mean, I, you know what? I wouldn't, uh, dispute that too much. And there, there's a lot of things that are very interesting and entertaining about it. Um, and things that I know definitely uh, that further movies improve on. But I think what you're seeing here is more of the general sense of what the type of Godzilla movie that we'll probably be watching most of the time. Because Godzilla Raids, again, was like just not good. Yeah. And then we really like King Kong vs. Godzilla in the original Gojira, whereas this movie is just kind of like, eh. <laughs> Well, I guess we we want to start getting the more specifics yeah, about it. Yes. One, one thing uh, I did appreciate about this one is that after uh, three Godzilla movies of uh, that included uh, memorable news people, uh, me- media members, uh, this one finally makes the media the main characters of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the three the three main characters are n- uh, newspaper uh, reporters uh, that are kind of investigating. Um, the egg and kind of the th- everything that surrounds it, which right. I guess we should start getting a little bit more into. Uh, yeah, so this giant egg appears. This movie opens up with a big typhoon, which again brings into the nature theme. Mm-hmm. But this typhoon goes on forever. Yeah, like th- there's like this is like thunderball levels of just like okay, we get it. There's a typhoon, <laughs> we can move on. Right. Uh, and then also in this first sequence, we're introduced to one of our many, many, many villainous characters. Right. Oh, happen. one of two. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's enough. But it's enough. <laughs> the, the, the performances of these two. It's basically so one of the themes in this movie is is about like corporations and industrialization and how like uh, there's a couple lines of dialogue about how like oh this uh, corporation is industrializing like like the the town nearby and how they're going to like buy up all this land and stuff like that. So like this one guy comes up with like you know just looks like an archetype of a villain like you know corpulent like just like guy in a suit and yeah. with a tiny little mustache and he's like i will buy this egg or, or no he goes up to because they make a line there's a line that because it's in the fishing waters like the town owns it the town owns it. yeah it's, it's yeah part of the town in which our main villain buys it from the town and you know that he bought it because <laughs> in one of my favorite Running gags that we imposed upon the movie. He has a receipt that yes, he's he ready to re- show. He's ready to. He knows, like, hey, I got this. This is the receipt that I got from the where Target did, where I got the egg. Where from. did they print out a receipt? I think it's probably a written receipt. Oh, I okay, okay. Oh, see, I'm dumb because I'm thinking like the fish fishing town has like a giant. Like, all right, well, let me just write up this uh, giant monster egg. For yeah, you. but he will not. He will not stop talking about his receipt at right. least for one or two scenes like he has the receipt it's his yeah and he and, and he, who are you to dispute he has the receipt and he goes on about how many eggs that how many eggs worth of eggs that this giant egg is and it's yeah. going to bring in it's going to bring in thousands maybe millions of dollars right. if you wanted to return that egg you couldn't why because he has the receipt <laughs> he's ready to show that he's receipt. Ready receipt and uh but no so there so he so yeah so there's these two guys partner up the the guy from the town and this bigger businessman who has a father that's just casually mentioned for no reason mm-hmm. um decide that they're going to build an amusement park yeah around well, we, this that, egg. we are introduced to the secondary the like you said the secondary villain which is a another business like the head of a like in a corporation that's backing our other villain yeah and um well actually because i actually when he said two villains i was thinking about that other that other kind of slightly villainous dude that appears at the beginning in like He's like, oh, my fields aren't radiated. Like, oh, we got we got to watch. Oh, this. that yeah. guy too. I completely yeah. forgot about no, that. Th- that's what. I, that's one of the things about this movie, though. To, to, before we get into more specifics, one of the things about this movie is I felt that they, this movie was throwing a lot of elements at you. Like it just kept throwing things at you, uh, in terms of plot and characters and like ideas. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really feel that all of them paid off. No, it just felt no, like it was like a lot of these things was bloating up the movie right um like you you got thrown like this first guy who's in because the, they're basically the typhoon happens and they're pumping out these fields that this guy's gonna use for construction and he's kind of being like a jerk about it it's like oh like i don't want my picture taken or i want my picture. i forget if he wants his picture taken <laughs> like, he, he like oh like you gotta well, write if, he, the- if he wants it then he's he has to get a receipt for it right like, yeah, you know he's yeah. got to write that shit yeah, off. But he's like oh like you're gonna write a paper article about me and we're gonna build these things we got to get this you know we got to build the thing here and then, you know, they have the other villains introduced and like, they're like, oh, we're going to buy this egg. And it's like, well, these two guys are just, what are the point of these well, people? Well, remember and- the one guy's like, listen, you know, we could sell this egg as if it were a lot of eggs for a lot of money. And, the, and then the guy, the, the other guy who's giving him the money is like, you're thinking too small, my, my, my fat friend. Like, yeah. he's like, it's like, why not take the egg? And build an amusement park around it, right, in which all- the egg will be like the primary, like uh, the 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 money maker. <laughs> right, but it, it's just like they're throwing a lot of these elements at you, and then as the movie goes on, it doesn't really pay those elements 
off. And it's funny because I've seen these movies before. Yeah. But like it's been so long, like I forget little plot elements like that. So Mm -hmm. when he's like, and he, what's crazy about it is like he takes out a giant map. So he already has like the specs of what it would look like and where the egg would go. And it's like, (laughs) and like when, when did that happen? Right. And also (laughs) the fact that like, they never really build the amusement park or really start building it. They just kind of build an incubator for the egg. And then they're like, oh, uh, what opening day is approaching. And like nobody's going to cancel the opening day. And it's like, well, you don't have anything there. You just have a giant And you definitely egg. know that these guys are villains because one guy opens up a closet and he just has shelves of money yes. and one and the uh, g- other guy's like, oh, the money, oh, which is like the most archetypical bad guy that you could possibly yeah. write. So, yeah, the fairies show up. Okay, yeah, so at this point, they're in their office, like, talking about their evil amusement park scheme. Right. And then you hear just this, uh, this and, and, small, and like... And the, the newspaper reporters have kind of been discussing, like, do they have the right to do this? This should be the government's property. And then, like, they're like, well, the government won't do anything because they're the government, you know? That's mm-hmm. one consistent throughout history is that the government is useless. It usually, Well, yeah, I was going to say it usually is the government. Yeah, yeah, it usually is the government. But this case, it's not, actually. So yeah. maybe this movie maybe this movie gives it a little more credit for not just making it a government, uh, you know, uh, operation. Right. Uh, but these movies have treated the, the Japanese military very well. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so, yeah, so these newspapers are like, oh, we got to investigate. And they go to the hotel where these people are staying and... They're like trying to figure it out. Now we get to their hotel room and they're discussing their plans. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden. And then you hear a little bit like, please give the egg back, sir. Except in Japanese because we're watching the Japanese cut. Yeah. And again, it's like, oh, again, just to reiterate, I'm thinking like, oh, is this like this, the female character just being silly? Just like, oh, give us our egg back. (laughs) And then, nope, it's just these two fairy women. Uh, they talk at the same time. So let's talk about the fairy, the show, the shobajin, as it were, the, yes. the tiny little. Like, Which don't, people just call them the fairies. The fairies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I just call them the little people. Right. And then I then then I just established. Which they're... is the politically correct uh, term yes. for shobajin. Shibo- sh- <laughs> uh, one of my notes here was like the effect of how they achieved them within that first scene is like pretty legit. Like they're like kind of. There's a scene where. They like like the two villains like turn into Gargamel all of a sudden trying to catch the Smurfs. Yeah, no, like, it, it turns <laughs> into a very slapstick sequence where they're like trying to capture these little these little creatures and they just keep oh they're gone. Yeah, and there and there's at one point where they're running like around like the chairs and like it looks pretty good mm-hmm. because it like is like a fiz- they must have built giant chairs for like the women to run around for like you know perspective purposes so my note was like oh the effect of how they pulled off the tiny women is like pretty great uh, and then i have another note later on where it's like oh i spoke too soon because then it was just like the chroma king and the green screen was awful it was so bad at one point that they looked like force ghosts because <laughs> they were just bleeding into the cr- into the gr- the blue screen that they just looked blue it was it was awful yeah uh the the characters themselves definitely grew on me yeah. uh as as they kind of because again just from from the first time you see them it's not really explained like again this is sometimes i guess this is what people think you're supposed to feel when you hate the marvel cinematic universe because like you're just so confused and like oh were these characters from a previous film and right, all this sort right. of stuff but like no i mean like I mean, they kind of explain it, but also in the way where you just kind of have to buy the fantasy well, yeah, the, the of it. Thing, the thing is, is as they kind of got more into like their story and kind of as they introduced themselves more, I definitely got into their characters. And I thought that, again, the performance, the fact that they always spoke in unison was very impressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that they, they, were, they, they just had a very effective presence in the movie. Uh, 
Especially since like our main newscaster characters really just take them casually. They're just like, yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, well, then that leads to the scene in which uh, our main characters uh, come across the uh, the fairies, and then they're talking about basically they're saying that like, oh, this egg washed up. Uh, it it fell from Infant Island, and it needs to be returned there to you know our all powerful God Mothra. And then everybody's like, who? And mind you, they're outside at this point, and they're like, who's Mothra? And then they like, and then it's like, oh, Mothra's right over there. And then there's just like this giant music cue as this giant moth has just been like sitting on a mountain the whole time. And they didn't notice at all. <laughs> Look, how did you not notice the giant moth? Uh, you know what I will say about Mothra in this movie? I love Mothra, as I have said before. Not actually my favorite presentation of Mothra in this movie. I think effects-wise, when we get into like the fighting and how it moves, yeah. I think it's great. It's the physical look of Mothra is a little... Yes. A little she she has seen better days. As, as, well, as I don't have say. any other context to this, uh, so I'll, I guess I'll have to judge for myself when we get our future Mothra editions. But just just in terms, yeah, just in terms of the the fairies, I thought that they 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 were built effectively and they, they have an interesting presence in the movie. And you kind of catch up to like who they are and what they need to do. Uh, so I ended up in, enjoying them. Uh, but yeah, so they convince our newscaster friends, or our newspaper friends, uh, to. We need uh, to convince the villains to give up the egg. So the newspaper people do you know, what anybody would do first and try to do it with sensical, uh, sensible verbal discourse. You mm -hmm. know, let's let's do this in peace. Why fight? You know, you need to return <laughs> this egg. Right. And then, uh, which was goes to what I was saying earlier, the the one really great line of this movie. Oh, do you have that written down? Yeah. yeah so yeah. basically, <laughs> so basically, he goes up. So they're trying to say it's like, oh, like you need to give up the egg. And then the villains are thinking for a while, like, and they think that they're gonna get like sued or something. Well, no, no. Basically, it's like, oh no, that that egg's not yours. It's Mothra. And they're like, Mothra. <laughs> do you have power of attorney for Moth like, <laughs> Mothra? And I was like, "That's great. That is that is legitimately <laughs> that, a funny gag. That, that's a, that is a funny line." And then, and then it was funny. So they're like, "All right, well, if our word doesn't mean anything, we're going to show you the word of these like fairies." So they bring out the fairies out of a box, and they say, "Like, oh, please give you know the egg back to Mothra." And the first line out of this guy was like. I'll pay you for them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it already tries to buy the fairies. Like they're just he's, like, and he's, he keeps upping his price too. He's like yeah. one million, two million, three million dollars. <laughs> so uh, obviously, so we're talking all about this Mothra stuff, but you know, I, I, I guess eventually there should be a little bit of Godzilla. Right, because because then movie. they're thinking, well, because there was this, this again. The, the thing, the other thing about this movie in comparison to because there is a lot of similarities to King Kong versus Godzilla, and whereas I felt like. In King Kong versus Godzilla, they had the two separate. They had the Godzilla and the King Kong plot lines, and I felt they they were paced well and 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 came to a head together well. And I felt like uh, they cut together well, and it, it was very much evenly paced right. throughout that movie. And that this it was one, like, especially that movie where it's like, oh, it's two legitimate threats yeah. that are kind of ca causing this havoc. movie kind of like goes back and forth between this Mothra egg and. Because the other thing is that they, when in the initial thing when they're draining out the fields, they basically find like a scale that's like possibly radioactive, I guess. Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, they're trying to investigate what it could be. Right. And what, what's funny about it is that I didn't really realize it until kind of later that all oh, that was like a hint of Godzilla. It was like a Godzilla like part right. of his body or something. Because like to me, it's like Godzilla came out of absolutely nowhere. Well, so what's happening is in the plot line you described earlier, where there the guy is like. Uh, 
they're treating the land or something. Right, because he's supposed to develop on it, but it was right. flooded by the typhoon. Right, so they, he he has the land that he's going to develop. Uh, you know, that he's going to develop on, and then everybody's like, "Oh, it may be we're testing it for radiation." And he's like, "Don't be silly. There's no radiation here." And as soon as he says that, well, yeah. Godzilla just pops out of the ground. Yes, just which was not a bad effect. Like as we said, the Godzilla suit in this movie is is legit. Like it, it's it's a pretty good Godzilla. It doesn't quite stand up to close-ups as much. No, not as much. Because <laughs> Godzilla has this kind of like look like um, uh, Jack Nicholson in The Shining when he's going crazy and he's right. just sitting there staring at the wall with his like eyes up. And then he, some of the Godzilla is like I like to call this Godzilla post hangover Godzilla. So Godzilla <laughs> shows up and he just rises out of bed, just like oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, and the rest of his destruction scenes are intentionally that, shown that. He's tripping over stuff, and he's accidentally yeah, like turning just, into things. He's and, a clumsy fool in this yeah. movie. <laughs> like he, he, he first like one is that he like there's this like tower, like this kind of like antenna tower, and he kind of gets his tail stuck in it. Yeah, he's, like, he looks back. He's like, oh, he's like swinging his tail back and forth, and just to get it out, he has to knock down the the one. But the the most the the memorable one is that basically like he's going against this like Japanese castle. Yeah, and basically. Like there's like a step in between like where he's stepping. There's like and then there's like a step down. And he basically like accidentally steps down to the gap and like falls into. Right. It's like g- when you leave like a house and like you uh, and you don't uh, you forget about like the one step right outside of the door. Right. Like that's exactly what it Except, is. Except like in this case, Godzilla just like falls and just destroys this <laughs> castle. And, and it, it's like and it's like a guy like you're trying to like get your bearings like you're like oh my oh, god oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. shoot 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 I'm not gonna fall in front of everybody yeah uh, he does get called the atomic monster no no so he's no yeah. longer a atomic monster he's the and atomic clearly monster. people are aware of what yes. and who he is yes not uh, like in the American dub of uh, King Kong versus Godzilla they're like, like what was. so uh, yeah but the, I mean and that's another issue I had with the movie uh, Godzilla really doesn't do too much. Um, he just does his Godzilla. He shit. does his yeah. Godzilla thing, but it's also not like it's almost feels like it, it's like the next step is to make him like the the hero of the films because mm-hmm. him is just like the, the the force of nature destruction. It's almost like they got as much out of it as they could with uh, with Gojira and with King Kong versus Godzilla. It just feels like in this one because the first part he's just like tripping up and, and doing. It stuff. It does almost feel like a Mothra film, which is funny because this was always a Godzilla film, but yeah. it feels like a Mothra film that Godzilla just happens wandered into. Wandered into, yeah. Because even like when he's later in the destruction, it's kind of probably like, why it's Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, even when he's later, like first of all, like one, like later when he's fighting, uh, he's fighting Mothra in the. Uh, you know, in in like the kind of area where the egg is, which is kind of barren other than this egg incubator. So it's not like he's really destroying anything there. And even the scenes that he's fighting against the military just feel like they've or, or similar to scenes that we've already seen right, in, right. in both Gojira and to even to extent well, that's where again. That's and, where the movie shows its length too, because they have the big fight Godzilla and Mothra and then it's like more extended like well the military's trying to stop Godzilla and then more movie happens after that yeah. and that's where I mean and there's also a, so there's a line in here so Godzilla shows up and they're like well, what are we going to do about Godzilla and then the com- the comedic relief character is like well maybe we can get Godzilla to help or and then Mothra. his or what well, maybe we get Mothra to help and uh, the boss is like oh shut up wait a minute what did you say <laughs> and he's like let's get Godzilla let's get Mothra to help and he's like brilliant idea <laughs> So they travel to Infant Island, Infant Island. Uh, which is, this is actually where I will say is like conceptually the movie gets the most interesting 
because this is where thematically, I mean, how did I put it? I wrote it down is that essentially this movie starts paying off drama and themes that just weren't in the movie up until that point. <laughs> but I kind of liked what they were doing. With no, it. I, I would agree. I, I, I felt like, cause again, it's like, it, it is interesting to compare this as almost like a, a remake or a redo of King Kong versus Godzilla. Cause you right. kind of got like, a similar aesthetic of just like it, they go to the island with the natives where this, this creature is God and then there's this sort of thing they've been kind of hold off to the world. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with you in that, that it's paying off these themes and ideas that, because w- one of the things is that you explained to me just like a lot of this is set up in the first Mothra film. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely like a lot of the stuff that happens on the island, it, well, cool, it definitely makes more sense when you know that like this actually was a place and the themes and of it was a was explored right. in that previous Mothra And conceptually, film. so they get to the island and it's cool and they get there and it's just like barren and there's skeletons of like dead animals and everything. And then they go down and then there's like these natives who are preaching this whole um, like sermon of like this was a place where atomic weapons were tested in and now the only source of paradise is within like, you know, the caverns of the island. So they go within the island and then you there's like lush green fields and like a rivers and everything and it's cool. And actually Honda, the director, was a little disappointed with their ability to portray the island as he wanted to call it a paradise within hell and just budgetary constraints didn't make it as massive as he wanted to yeah. realize it completely. Uh, but but like I said, I think all that kind of stuff was interesting because it gets back to what Honda... Uh, and again, in this movie, they say, like, nuclear tests, but they still never specify, like, who did the nuclear test. Yeah. And it's just kind of like this whole notion that, like, well, mankind in general is responsible for uh, the destruction of nature, not just, like, one uh, entity. So, I mean, I liked all I, – I, I really dug all that stuff. No, um, I thought it was well done, uh, other than that's, that's the scene where they we have fourth ghost fairies. Yeah. It is also funny just considering that the rest of the natives are pretty much – kind of normal yeah. and then you just have these two fairies just there well and this this also introduced i have a soft spot for the mothra songs yes and the, the mothra fairies song i i thought it was i was kind of humming it after the movie was over yeah. i kind of i kind of got stuck in my head definitely mm-hmm. and uh i mean there and that's kind of that step into something magical and like you know, yeah, the mysticism I, of the I, Godzilla again, that world. was part of what i was saying earlier that i as the fairies and the mysticism kind of became more of the forefront i definitely felt that was a lot uh, more interesting, uh, and, and I really got into those characters a lot more than I was when mm-hmm. I was confused by their first little comedy sequence. So they set up the stakes that Godzilla, that uh, Mothra is nearing the end of her life, and that's why it's important for her to go back and get the egg. Right. Uh, but uh, they convince uh, the fairies uh, to convince Mothra to fight on their behalf, and there, and after that, we get a proper Mothra versus Godzilla action. Yes, sequence. but not before our rich guy plotline abruptly oh, ends. Oh, yeah, dude, talk about something just tonally jarring in the yeah. movie. That, and that's what I was saying. It's like none of this really, none of that stuff really pays off because, like, the development guy appears in that one scene where, like, Godzilla rises up, and then he never really appears again right, right and then these guys like you they, they've been this really big part of the movie up to this point like they've been like the significant like they're the they're the, the, the bad villain. guys they're the bad the movie, guys yeah. and, and they're they're ones keeping mothra's egg 
and they're the ones that like you're setting it up and you're thinking like oh man like these guys are really going to get their comeuppance mm -hmm. and so basically what happens because there's also drama like the townsfolk are like well we sold you the egg so like where's our money and the guy's like I'll get you the money so the guy goes to the other villain and he's like hey why haven't you given me the money to like pay for all of this yet so there's like that kind yeah, of they're, they're, and there's stuff so, but they set up a lot right you're right mm -hmm. and then so basically it, it all ends up with uh the, the, the guy who initially bought the egg, basically chewing out the rich guy mm -hmm. for not paying him, for, for lying to him, all this sort of stuff. And it's all coming to a head because Godzilla is just destroying everything at this yes, point. Yes, and, 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 and so basically the guy still has his cabinet full of money. Yeah. Other, the, uh, the, uh, the, the town, I'm going to call him like the, the town folk guy because yeah. he was like part of the, he was the, the guy who bought the, the egg. The businessman. The businessman. Um, Businessman and rich guy, how we'll refer to them yeah. uh, from this point on. So businessman's like, I'm gonna take the money, and we're, I'm, I, I, there's nothing you can do about it. They're kind of fighting over it. Rich guy sees Godzilla coming through uh, the window, and they're like, oh, oh what's going on? Uh, and then so, <laughs> and then a scuffle starts in which the businessman leaps onto the rich guy and just starts pounding him in the face yeah, like that. And it was like, and the blood is just. Spilling out of his like right. his face and I was like oh my god it was god. brutal yeah. it was brutal and then the guy's going for the money and rich guy's like goes for his gun that he has <laughs> just this gun that he has and shoots the kill straight headshot yeah, through yeah. the head and it, it's so totally jarring from everything else happening in the movie and to the, to the degree like this isn't even like towards the end of the film yeah. this is like <laughs> Halfway through, like you still just, have like maybe twenty minutes left. Right, you in the still movie. have like two. You still have two Godzilla fights left. Yeah, like and that's those are significant. Chunks I got, of the Godzilla fight hasn't happened. Right, the, yet. the, the, the <laughs> first one hasn't happened. Yeah. You still have one after that. So the guy shoots the kill, gets this guy right in the head, mm -hmm. and is about to escape when Godzilla destroys and he dies in the in the rubble. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you were putting this part as this huge part of the movie, like this significant thematic element of like you said, you said like corporations and and the development and then it just disappears in which an i instant. guess is like the point like oh greed doesn't get anybody anywhere yeah and but it's structurally it's just when you're watching the movie yeah it's also just this like, isn't that kind of movie like no, just stop, no. don't make that point <laughs> it, it's not that kind of movie and it structurally it just kind of disrupts things where yeah. now it's like now you don't really you don't now you don't have any any through line for the movie now it's just it is just basically godzilla yeah. and mothra and like again like you've kind of mentioned too because they're trying to set up a lot of these things that weren't set up earlier, and there's even a couple more that I'll mention in a minute, but because you were setting up this stuff, that you're, you're, you're paying off this stuff that wasn't planted, and you're not really playing off the stuff that was planted. And mm -hmm. it just kind of, again, just kind of creates this mixed bag of, like, there are cool things happening. Right. And But it's just, like, it doesn't really kind of hold your interest as much no, as King and Kong I mean, you know, or, and uh, or the original Gojira did. Because, so this movie ends with two major battle sequences, so we'll kind of wrap up with that. But, I mean, that, that'll kind of get to what really the big issue with the movie is, is, like, it's just kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is... Like, boring to the sense of not what's actually happening, but, like, you're right, it's so disjointed. It's just disjointed and, and bloated with things that it doesn't need. It doesn't grab you right. with, with any of them, So, really. yeah, so talk about that first Godzilla-Mothra fight. So, um, despite my criticisms, how... Uh, Mothra looks the effect of Mothra yeah. flying around and fighting is spot on. The, the, that's great, and I think again, as I said in the preamble, the 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 combination of the the fluidity of the Godzilla suit, the Gollum suit, <laughs> the fluidity of the Godzilla suit, and the just effectiveness of the Mothra effect mm -hmm. really kind of builds that battle. Even though the beginning of it, 
I feel like is a little bit like kind of weak. You're right. Uh, well, I mean, there's a little bit of while the effect of the monster themselves are good. It's just at the time period where they haven't quite nailed how to vary it up a little bit. I think as we see with uh, as they go forward with Mothra and other movies that they kind of perfect like more things they can do yeah. uh, to make it a little bit more visually interesting. But yeah, even so though there is some cool stuff, there's a moment where uh, Mothra grabs Godzilla's tail well, and drags That was going to be the turning the point of the fight because the first part of the fight kind of has that the same kind of editing technique that they used in the uh, um, Anakin versus Count Dooku fight in uh, Attack of the Clones, oh, which is, yeah. where it just keeps cutting between Godzilla's face and Mothra's face, and like it's clear not in the same shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, no weird lightsaber lighting effects, though, in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, Godzilla... Yeah, no, so Mothra drags Godzilla by the tail, and that's when it's like, okay, no, this is an even fight, because mm-hmm. Mothra can get from We're also air. introduced to uh, Mothra's hurricane winds. Yeah, the hurricane uh, winds. You got, like, basically... She flaps her wings and creates, like, these giant storms, which is kind of cool because it's all about, like, oh, she's, like, a metaphor for nature. Yeah, so, so she... Yeah. she like kind of blows Godzilla away which is really cool she basically like leaps on top of Godzilla too when he's on the ground and mm-hmm. just kind of like that's also kind of very neat and, she and it's has, also she like has her really yellow golden dust poison that's right. really kind of just kind of glossed over and it's really I think it's really well done too because it's like it's it's a mechanical thing on a string like Mothra like it's a puppet yeah, on a yeah. string no, like and said, at it's no very point effect. do you ever feel that way yeah um, so I mean, so that fight yeah, is so good. The, the fight, the, the first half of the fight, I felt like was a little bit kind of just. I was waiting for it to get better, mm-hmm. and then Godzilla or Mothra starts dragging Godzilla, and from that point on, that fight really kind of was effective and fun. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because this is also kind of like the the caveat of Mothra is like they always build up Mothra as a really cool looking monster who's really powerful, but also because it's a giant moth, like there's like only so, so much you can do. Yeah, there's it. only so much you can do, so. They always kind of contrive things like, oh, Mothra's at the end of her life or like she's giving she's going to sacrifice herself. So they they, they do that yeah. a lot with mm-hmm. Mothra. So Mothra just kind of dies because it's like the end of her lifespan. Right. And, and like because they build up this thing where like, oh, it's like her poison ga- uh, gas or her yeah. poison cloud or whatever. It's like, oh, that's that's going to be your ace in the hole. And then it really doesn't affect Godzilla. at right. all. No. And basically like it was like not very effective. It was like, you know. Godzilla was the wrong type Pokemon to, really, to be affected <laughs> it's by. It's not it. very effective. It's not very yeah. effective. And then Godzilla just beats up Mothra. Right. But the egg is safe, yeah. right? The egg is safe. Yeah, Godzilla is going to this island uh, in the middle of the sea, and they've like driven him off. And then this one. Which at first I thought was supposed to be Infant Island, but it's not. But it's, it's just not. some no, random just some island. island. Yeah. And then, like, there's a field trip on. Right. No, but that's, <laughs> that's what I was to mention. Is that, like, so there's this fisherman guy, and, like, Godzilla's, like, wrecked these boats, and he's going off to this island, and he's like, we gotta get off. We gotta go. It's like, no! The, the kids! The teacher! The teacher and the kids are on that island! And it's like, this was nowhere set up. Right, anywhere. No, it's not it like, oh, not. like. Oh, like these first kids are going to go on a field trip. There's no introduction to it. It's basically like stakes for the sake of stakes. I thought that I was just dumb and like I missed yeah. when they set that up, but I, d- no, I don't think no. they did. Yeah. So basically it's like Ace says that like the things that they planted don't get paid off and the payoffs they had never got planted. Right. So basically, yeah, Mothra. The so her- the egg opens and it not only is it one Mothra larva, but it's twin Mothra it's larva. It's twins, just yeah. like the fairies. Yeah. So And then so they uh, travel... Uh, across the sea into the island and dispatch Godzilla themselves with another very famous, and you'll come to know this, a very famous uh, method of uh, yes. Mothra's... Um, silly string. Yeah. So basically, yeah, that's what they do. They yeah. they shoot silly string. They they shoot 
they call it silk. I mean, within yeah. the Godzilla mythos, the larva can shoot like this uh, silk that uh, is, I guess is supposed to be what they make their cocoons out of, mm-hmm. and they use that eventually in a very uh, I'm gonna say too long sequence. Yes, hundred percent agree. 100%. <laughs> in which they encase Godzilla within this Any, silk. T- anytime yeah. there's a too long th- th- sequence, I'm gonna call it Thunderball esque. Yeah, it was a Thunderball esque sequence because at first, again, at first it seems like interesting. Like, oh, there, there's these two. Like it basically, there, there are these two larvae that are tag teaming uh, Godzilla. And it's really, actually really interesting. And like you know, one of the Mothra attaches itself to Godzilla's tail, and the, Godzilla's trying to get that. And the, and the other larva is like kind of still coming from the other side. It's like, oh, this is actually an interesting way for you to defeat the Godzilla right, coming yeah. from both sides. And it's kind of got that it, like underdog thing it's where it's like under- these two little worms versus this atomic monster. Right, and it, it's like they are kind of winning the belt. Then it just devolves into like legitimately like a five minute sequence of the larva shooting the silk. Yeah, and it's like at first it's like it's oh, so. Long. And versus like, oh, it's like it's cool. It's a cool way to defeat Godzilla. But like, you'd feel like, and it still is. It's still, it, I mean, it, and it is. But it's just like, all right, like you can shoot it once and like, then just establish that he's getting tied up. Like, right. Because basically, it's like, it, it to an extent, it also just looks like they're shooting water at him. Right. Because like, because it, it's clearly like a liquid thing at some points. So basically, they're just like annoying him with water, and then. For some reason, it just randomly cuts the Godzilla be encased in like right. this like and silk blanket. And the thing blanket. is, like, there's nothing that that, that it, there's nothing about that scene that warrants it being that long. No. Like, it's not really intercutting them saving like this this school, like this like no, because again, like, it's, like it's, they it's, cut it's, once, but not really right. Because as soon as they set up that school field trip, they completely forget that it's there. Right, and then like, and you think at one point, well, maybe like Godzilla is going to gain the upper hand or something. So like, the larva have to try harder. No, it's literally just like way too long of a scene of them shooting silk yeah. at Godzilla. And even, I mean, it's it, 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 too. Like, and it, that's like one of the things in the American dub that, or in the American version that they kind of cut down. Which, for yeah, pacing. Good, yeah. good thing. Yeah. Good thing on that. And then even like at the end, like it's in case in Silla in, in, uh, in the silk, he falls into like the water. Yeah. And then, which again, hang over Godzilla. He's like, Oh my God. And what's then going it's on? kind of like, that's, that's it. That's yeah. the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, but then there, but then there's like that thematic, like, well, it's like, are so are they just going to go back to, uh, infant island and he's like yes and it's up to the rest of mankind to treat each other better like it's like that, that's how it <laughs> ends and then it's like the more you know gi joe like that's like basically the end of the movie yeah <laughs> well i mean it goes to show i mean i guess a movie that doesn't have that exciting of a production doesn't really result in that exciting of a movie oh, at least dude. for the purposes of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um should we go into the post-release of, of right, this movie unless you the, had any the, other the, thoughts uh let's see do i have any other thoughts so okay. yeah, let's go to the aftermath. All right, so post release, uh, the film was met with positive yet average reviews. So generally, people liked it, but kind of like, yeah, it's it's they kind of it seemed like this was around the time where people were like, yeah, it's like a god, it's like a giant monster movie. It's fine. Like that's right. kind of yeah. what the general um, uh, the thought about it was, where people were praising the monster effects and the battles while also calling out the mediocre plot. Uh, monthly film bulletin. I have some actual reviews here. Legit uh, reviews? Yeah. In spite of some clumsy model shots, Godzilla's fight with the giant moth and its caterpillar progeny is one of Toho's better efforts. Um, uh, ineffectual attempts to bring him to a halt are cleverly and spectacularly staged. Unfortunately, nothing else quite matches the effects uh, no- and noted a plot that was ridiculous and acting that was lamentable. <laughs> uh, Variety uh, said... Uh, the Japanese uh, sci-fi long on special. Sorry, uh, 
Oh, uh, so Variety basically says that the special effects are spot on, but it lacks the appeal of the original movie, and that in spite of the slick production, the story and acting don't offer enough to attract large general audiences, which I would kind of agree with that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, this th- this one this part of the review I'm not so sure about. The review commented that uh, the review commented the virtually all the Japanese cast with unfamiliar faces and broad emoting typical of such Japanese picks also detract, detracts from the general appeal. Is that racist? <laughs> Is that a racist comment? Uh, it might be. It might just, or it might be just a, a commentary on American general audience's right. uh, a, a reaction to foreign films. So. Mm-hmm. Possibly, uh, but we'll have to investigate. But overall, uh, this movie is actually considered favorable uh, amongst fans as being one of the uh, favorable um, sequels within the Showa series. Interesting. Um, all right, so this is the last film in the Showa series in which Godzilla would be portrayed as a malevolent force. So okay, stay yeah, because I, I was just saying, that. I think I think it's about time that he kind of take on a different role, just because again. I think there's just so much you can do with him being the destructive force. I mm-hmm. think we need to kind of see him. Because the thing is that makes him a lot of times feel like he's on the defensive as 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 the villain. Yeah. Like he's kind of being the one that's attacked. I'd like to, I would like to see a little bit more. Of or just more kind of like complacent in yeah. this one. Just right. kind of like a just a force that to be dealt with. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think like I'd want to see more of Godzilla on the offensive. Right. You know, and, and kind of taking control mm-hmm. of the fight. Because I think that would kind of freshen things up and make things a little more interesting. So, but what happened to our girl Mothra? Uh, Mothra would go on to make several appearances in the Godzilla canon as both friend and foe. And almost always taking on the role as nature and Earth's protector. Uh, she would also go on to be the focus of her own films in uh, from 1996 to 1998 in the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy, a series of films that were outside of the Godzilla continuity and focused on the kaiju being a defender of the Earth. So interesting, yeah. So we'll definitely see Mothra again. Yeah, uh, no, in, like in again, uh, Mothra is kaiju royalty. So I mean, you know, that's uh, uh, wasn't her debut because the deb- debut was the first movie that was received well and would just go on to be, um, you know, a major major part of the Godzilla mythos. Yeah. So that is Mothra versus Godzilla. Yes. We are back, and uh, that is the one we uh, came back on. So I All hope right. that was satisfactory enough. I hope it was. Will, where will we be going next time on the Godzilla side of things? Uh, where we'll be going next time? Uh, we will be going on because there are many titles for it. I believe it is uh, Kidora, the three-headed monster. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But next time is not a Godzilla episode. Next time it is, is a Bond, a Bond ep- episode. So, and we so are, what can we look forward to? All right. So we're going to be heading to Japan. We're going to be staying in Japan. Oh, Really? Yes. Yeah, so, oh. yeah, so we're gonna be staying in Japan. Oh, we almost forgot. Who is Harrison Ford? In oh, this who movie? is Harrison Ford? Uh, Harrison Ford for me is the like ultimate owner of the newspaper. Yes. Who's, who's okay. Con- yeah. So okay. we're agreement on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely like you. Stop with this silly story. You yeah. Silly <laughs> newspaper people. Yeah. It's like there's there's many more problems in the world than giant eggs. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he yells at the egg guy for eating an egg too. Yeah. <laughs> Stop eating those. He like just hates eggs. Yeah. He's like J. Jonah Jameson, but against eggs. Eggs instead of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to see Harrison Ford yelling about Spider-Man, though. That would be great. Harrison Ford as J. Jonah Jameson would be great. Anyway, that's a different yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, so on next time on the podcast, yes, we're going to be staying in Japan, uh, and we're going to finally see in the flesh Ernst Strabo Blofeld mm-hmm. in the uh, You Only Live Twice. And for our listeners and for Will, I know we've gone through a lot of insane Bond productions 
But trust me when I say that this next one is the most insane Bond production yet. You are not ready for the production stories oh, no. of You Only Live Twice. Right, how many people died? Uh, not, there's an almost, not entirely. Not all entirely, but there's some almost deaths on this oh, one no. that right. are fantastic. Uh, just because everybody survived those. Well, those I am things. looking forward to that. Yeah, and there's there's actually going to be a lot of interesting facts that I, I don't know if you know. So there's gonna be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And to finally see Blofeld after being hinted at it, uh, kind of seeing Spectre in its full force, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. All right. And so where where can we find the show? All right, I'm going to get this right last yeah. this time because last time there was a lot of messing with, 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 with this part. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Bonzilla. Uh, 007 on Twitter at Bonzilla 007 you can find us on Facebook facebook.com slash Bonzilla 007 on SoundCloud and iTunes soundcloud.com slash Bonzilla 007 like and subscribe share with your friends uh, we've gotten I think a couple of our we've got a couple of non-friend likes actually recently uh, so if you are liking our stuff if you're listening thank you very much and uh, keep sharing the links and then email. Oh, our email too. Yeah, if you have any emails <laughs> for us, uh, you can email us at uh, bonzillapod at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah. See, you got you, you almost got there, but that's yeah. why it's a that's why it's a dual effort. No. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Well, is that it? Genuinely. Okay. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Will and I'm Nick. <laughs>